Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guest, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode zero. I'm your host, David. Uh, This is the first real go of this uh, podcast. The idea was born at the Young Adult Fall Retreat. Um, It's kind of, there's been a few ideas to have podcasts around the church, and we're giving it a go. So the plan is, is we're going to release every week uh, during Lent. So stay tuned, look for links. Hopefully it'll start showing up on our favorite uh, podcast services as we get more into it. Uh, but that said, I'm going to now introduce uh, my the our guest today, which is Stephen Michael Carr, my husband. Howdy, everybody. And um, we're going to, like the, the whole point of the podcast, we're going to get to know him a little bit. And then we're going to discuss the sermon from last week, and we'll have a little break for some announcements in the middle. So, yeah. Stephen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you said, my name is Stephen Michael Carr. I've been a member of Highland Baptist Church. I've been going there for 12 years now, and I'm an ordained deacon, uh, which means that I go visit people in the hospital and nursing homes, take people food when they're sick, call them whenever something's going on, hardships kind of things in their lives. And uh, I'm also able to uh, give communion, and I pass the offering plate at church. So I'm kind of like a, I guess, what you'd call a servant leader, something like that. That's um, what our church likes Yeah. to claim. Yeah. Uh, what, well, what service do you go to? I go to the 930 service, and I attend a Bible study at 11. Which called, Bible study? It's called The Prodigals. Yeah. Um, do you do anything else at school or at, at church? Um, wh- or what have you done in the past? Do you want to talk about that at all? You've, you've been in a bunch of stuff too. Yeah. So I, um, like I said, I'm an ordained deacon. I am also, should I wait for that? Yeah. Apparently the police are coming by. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we do live right across the street from the police station. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm an ordained deacon. So all the stuff that goes with that, I also have been previously on the Young Adult Ministry Group. I ran Theology on Tap through the Young Adult Ministry Group for about four years, which is a thing where we get together the first Thursday of every month at Baxter's 942, and we have someone host a discussion on a specific topic. Those are from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., the first Thursday of every month, like I said. Um, I've also been the chair of Faithful Giving, which is the ministry group that deals with uh, pledged gifts to the church and tithing, those sorts of things. And I'm still on that ministry group, but I am no longer chair. Drew Harston is chair. And I also am going, I'm being tapped to be part of the um, 
finance committee for the H the new HVAC system that we're gonna have to install at our church. The ad hoc financial feasibility committee. There you go. Yeah. Um is there so yeah, you got you got a nice little resume. What uh is there anything going on in your life you'd like to talk about? Did you did did anything big happen recently that you're celebrating or yeah, well, a few things. Uh, one, from a personal life perspective, um, you and I just moved into this house about a month and a half ago in Old Louisville, which is like kind of been my dream to live in a house in Old Louisville. And so, you know, still adjusting to that. So that's one thing. Um, I'd also say, you know, I just recently won um, the Billy Fowler Young Professional of the Year Award through the Chamber of St. Matthews. And um, just had a fundraiser on Tuesday for Mardi Gras at the Old Louisville Brewery to raise money for the nonprofit that I work for, Mattingly Edge, and we raised $2,000 for that. And I just turned in a $100,000 grant to the Humana Foundation, and they showed up at the Beignet Bash, so that's a really good sign. So things are, uh, things are going well for me at the moment. Awesome. Winning at life. Sweet. Um... Well, do you have anything else you want to add, uh, talk about before we get into the sermon? I don't think so. I'm excited to talk about it because it's a to- it's a topic that I'm really interested in. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break for, for news and updates, and then we will get into the sermon discussion. So we'll be right back. All right, here is your news for the week. On March 1st, this weekend, the youth will be leading the service, and our guests to discuss the sermons next week will be Rebecca Street. Looking forward to that. On March 4th, we have a called business meeting at 6 p.m., and we'll be voting on some important things. Uh, there, We'll be installing some new members to the Congregational Engagement Ministry Group, We'll be installing a replacement deacon for Michael French, who passed away not too long ago. And they will also be voting on the creation of the Ad Hoc Committee for Financial Feasibility um, in regards to the HVAC system. And I think several young adults are are supposed to be on that. So be sure to show up and uh, take part in this important work of our community. On March 5th, the next day, is our monthly Theology on Tap at Baxter 942. Starts at 6 p.m. And we will uh, be be led by Jennifer Nahart, who's going to talk to us about C.S. Lewis. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and the last thing to mention is on March 12th, in a couple of weeks, will be the next uh, meeting of the new Young Adult Bible Study Holy Words, which is being led by Tyler Mayfield. And so um, get some more information either through Lauren Jones Mayfield or see if, um, the newsletter or the Young Adult Facebook group. All of these places, you should be able to get more information on that if you're interested. All right, and that covers our news for the week. All right, so we're back. And this past weekend, uh, Renee 
did a godly play sermon on time. Yeah, can you, like, tell people what godly play is? Because that sounds, like, really strange. Godly play... And give it your best shot. I mean... I'm not the person to give this. I think godly I mean, play is Renee basically... Is the, the Godly play is really the children-friendly sermon, I guess. They do godly play. That's what they call the the Bible the, the the time when the children leave during the eleven o'clock service. They call it godly play. They get their own little sermon, and occasionally we get to have it in the main service, which we did this weekend. Right. So typically, what happens, as far as I understand, is they will have um, godly play. Usually involves um, objects and symbols and things. So they might she might. Sometimes, whenever she delivers these sermons, she'll have um, a screen. She did. She yeah, did have this where where you can where she has like a box that she has different items in that she uses to symbolize. The she had a clock that she's talking about, and so um, godly play is usually kind of like a, a kid friendly sermon that uses objects to get certain points across. Yeah, and in this case, if you didn't you didn't look at the newsletter. There was a picture of her with the screen. They had the screen up where the choir was. And they had her and they had a camera pointing down. And she had a clock that represented the church year. And so in the sermon, if you were all... I encourage you to go listen to the sermon if you if you really want to. We're going to have some snippets here for you to listen to. Um, and But in just a minute, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go into that. But uh, she had the church calendar represented, and she discussed the different time of the year for the church. And so let us, let's, let's get into your first quote. Do you know what the church did? They took the ending that was a beginning, and the beginning that was an ending, and they tied them together so that we would always know that for every beginning, there is an ending, and for every ending, there is a beginning. So the first thing that Renee said that really struck me was something to the effect of, at some point, the church tied the ending and the beginning together, so we would always know for every beginning, there is an ending, and every ending, there is a beginning. And what she's talking about is the liturgical calendar. Now, the liturgical calendar is basically, I mean, it's the church calendar, and it's cyclical. It's not linear. And so we right. celebrate the same holidays, feast days, uh, and sometimes celebrate isn't the right word. Observe is probably more of the right word because celebration implies happiness, and it's not always happy, you know. But And you really like the liturgical calendar. I am a huge fan of the liturgical calendar because I grew up at, in a conservative Southern Baptist household. And so most Southern Baptists that I know do not follow the liturgical calendar. And so it was... Um, you know, following it is kind of a ritual. And I feel like ritual is not something I would have grown up a lot with. And ritual is very intentional. It's the intentional creation of space using, you know, objects, sounds, smells, words, etc. 
And, you know, I think that the liturgical calendar is part of that. And I feel like it's something that I, you know, really missed out on. And so when we talk about the liturgical calendar, we're talking about um, the celebration of Christmas and the observance of Advent and the celebration of Easter and the observance of Lent and Pentecost, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And something I think that is really important for me about all of this is, you know, when you grow up in fundamentalism, oftentimes you're supposed to be not just happy, but the word that was often used, I feel like weaponized against me, was the word joy. Like when you get saved, you're supposed to be filled with joy. And so you're supposed to be happy all the time. And if you're not happy all the time, it means you're not saved. And so there was no room for any feelings of sadness or darkness within me Mm -hmm. as part of my faith practice. And what observing Lent... And, you know, Good Friday, we have a tenebrae service, the service of shadows at our church. And it's, you know, we read the passion and we slowly extinguish candles. And at the end, everything is dark and we all walk out quietly because Jesus is dead. Right. And it's our favorite service. And it's yeah, it's our favorite service, because I think for me, you know, growing up as a gay kid in rural Shepherdsville, um, I would be very familiar with sadness Right, I would have spent a lot of time being sad, and then feeling bad about feeling sad, right? As if feeling sad made me further away from God. And here was here is this you know this tenebrae Good Friday service basically saying, like making room for you're supposed to be sad. Jesus mm-hmm. is dead. I remember one time, um, my some family members came with us to the tenebrae service, and Your afterward. Mom? They were very confused why we were all so sad. They were like, we should be happy. And we said, well, we will be happy on Sunday when Easter has come and we're celebrating the resurrection. But for now, right, we're in mourning. Mm -hmm. Can't be happy all the time. You can't be happy all the time. And I just love that there was a sacred space for sadness. And And a gap, right? Like Saturday, nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're sad. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that that was a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful thing for me because um, observing the liturgical calendar was the first time that I ever felt like, not only was it okay to be sad, but it was sorry, part of my mercy. religious... Sorry, the dog is, is, is decided she wants to have attention. But anyway, we're going to keep going. So if you hear some growls, we're sorry. Yeah, so like I really like that. I like using Lent as a time of reflection. You know, some people give something up, some people add something on. And so that's, you know, that's part of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. There are three great mysteries in time. First, there is the mystery of Christmas. And there's the mystery of Easter. And there's also the, ouch, that's really hot. Pentecost. 
These are the three great mysteries. And friends, sometimes, sometimes people don't see these mysteries. They don't know that they're going through them even. But it is really important to get ready to come up to these mysteries each time. Renee also talked about the three great mysteries of Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. And those three things uh, make up half of the liturgical calendar. The other half being, I think, what is referred to as ordinary time. Yeah, and she kind of called it growing... Growing, the growing Sundays. The growing Sundays, yeah. That, you know, so each... I'd never heard of it as the growing Sundays. No, but so I, I, wonder if that's a, I wonder if that's a godly play term that they use. Yeah, it was. I, I really like that. Well, because there's there was a color associated with it. So she mm-hmm. associated each mystery, each great mystery, with a color: uh, purple, blue, and red. And so, and and I appreciated that she said sometimes people don't know they're going through them, mm-hmm. and how. Um, each of these things kind of represents a specific moment in the, you know, the Jesus narrative, mm-hmm. but that they also kind of represent pieces of our humanity and experiences that we all go through. And it gives us space to kind of reenact those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. And for each of uh, Christmas and Easter, there is sort of like a time of contemplation and preparation leading up to it. So for, you know, for Christmas, that's Advent. And for Easter... Preparing for birth. Yeah. And then there's Lent. Or preparing for death. Correct. <laughs> or preparing for the resurrection, I guess. Yeah. So... I mean, or both. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that it's that it's both, you know. Uh, and then, yeah, she referred to the, the other half of the year as the growing Sundays where we're... We were, you know, kind of getting into the swing of things, and I. And I, she made a she made an interesting point that I I liked. You know, we get through the summer, and then we get into the fall, and the days are becoming longer, and the dark, you know, the dark is becoming coming earlier in the day, and I just I was just thinking through like how, you know, it, it it's an obvious visual there, right? Having a birth in the winter, in the dead of winter. Right, as opposed to in Lent, in a time of spring, we have death, and so it's kind of an interesting flip on what's happening in the season, where we have something dying off in the spring when everything's becoming new again, and in the winter everything's dead and we're having a birth or everything's dying. So, yeah, I don't know. I, that's something I never quite thought about how reversed they are to the season. Well, I think that you know for specifically for advent and christmas you know part of ad the advent and christmas season is um the winter solstice which is the longest night night of of the year Mm -hmm. right and in various pagan traditions i've read about it is about like the birth of the god right Mm -hmm. the goddess gives birth to the god and that the it, that birth then signifies that the days are going to 
get begin getting longer, right? And from that day forward, by you know moments and moments every day, the days begin to get longer. Okay. So mm. I you know I think that that's. It's all it's all got pagan roots, girl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's a lot of yep. it does. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and I uh, I appreciate that instead of, you know, trying to, I don't know, erase it. Like, I just think that that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Ties it into the earth a little bit more. Do you have anything else you wanted to add, Stephen? I, I, yeah, I do. Toward the end of Renee's sermon, what I, something else that I really appreciated was she started talking about the decorations of the church. You know, she talked about using the color purple, uh, and it was the color of kings, royalty, and how the use of blue is often a symbol of uh, the, of Mother Mary, mm-hmm. right? I love that she referred to her as Mother Mary because that feels like a very Catholic thing. Uh, my dad's family is Catholic, and so that kind of made me feel connected to that. And Pentecost, you know, is red like fire, and Pentecost is like the representation of um, Christ's ascension, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much. But one of the things that she asked was... It was about the decorations in the church. Mm-hmm. Where do they go when they're not in the room? And I had never thought about that before. And it just made me think of how important the sanctuary is as an intentional sacred space and how often we are putting up banners and switching out the fabrics and how every little... Not, and not everyone even pays attention to No, it. like every little thing about that is intentional, you know? Well, like the during, tone of the music, all of it changes. All of it season. changes with the season. And I, I just think that that's beautiful how intentional and how ritualized that is. Because like I said, I feel like I never got that growing up. You know, like right now... You had the praise band that was always happy, exa- right? Exactly. <laughs> and so and then that's probably why I can't stand contemporary Christian music, which like no shade, like if people like that and it brings them joy go for it but it doesn't but you're burnt out it, i am burnt out on that for sure but like right now i really appreciate now that we're in the lenten season you know we're gonna a lot of the banners and stuff are gonna be like burlap mm-hmm. and you know we replace the big metal cross on the um altar, altar mm-hmm. with kind of a it's a it's a wooden cross that made is made out not, of branches yeah mm-hmm. yeah like it's kind of rugged Crude isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, Natural. It's Yeah. And I don't know. I just think that's really cool. And I had never thought about, you know, the the trappings, the, the things that we hang up, the banners and the crosses and all those things. They're no less sacred when you take them down, but I just had never thought about, well, where do they go whenever you don't have them up? And what are their purposes whenever they're put away? I just never thought about that before. Mm. Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you for joining me today for this initial podcast. Um, we're we're about to start Lent, so um, Ash Wednesday was just yesterday for us, and so we're going to be in the Lenten season. The Young Adult Ministry Group members are going to be my guests for the next seven weeks. Um, you know, there's things going on at church. We're going to have a call weekend and at some point, if, and when that gets announced, um, one of our young adults that's on the pastor search committee is going to come and, 
and be on the podcast that following week after that, and we'll get to talk about that a little bit. So we have a great several weeks in store. Um, next week is, uh, I think I said it in the news and updates, is Rebecca Street is going to join us, and it'll be we'll be going over the youth-led service this weekend. So um, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to leave a message, you can download the Anchor app, and you can um, find uh, the commons at HBC and leave us a voicemail. And those will get routed to me, and I can even possibly share them on a future show. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll um, be able to get the Commons podcast showing up on the, the services you like. Um, Anchor is supposed to have, be able to uh, submit those. So I'll give you more details as, uh, as we progress. Like Spotify and Spotify, Apple Stitcher, and... all of those things. But it says it takes time if you're a new podcast. So it might be a little while for, the, for them to start showing up, but mm. we'll get there. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you all. Have a great uh, rest of your week.